TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 450, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. This is Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. Hey, this is Peter. I uh, live in West Hollywood, and I write for Why So Blue. Hi, this is Yusan. I'm a costume designer and a TV enthusiast. Hunker down in Los Angeles and stay home and listen to our podcast. <laughs> this is episode 450? Woo-hoo! This is episode 450. Time flies. All right, let's start off with the news. Uh, first up, I have that Lock and Key has been renewed for season two, which I'm very excited about. Because uh, the way it ended, it definitely needs a season two, and I think it's worth oh, it. Yeah. And then... Um, a bunch of the streaming services are doing specials right now because they know everybody's at home and they're trying to get eyeballs on their streaming services. So HBO has two things going on. One is that uh, new people get one month free. The other is that they put a bunch of shows outside their paywall. So even if you're not trying to get a, a free month, if you just download the app, there are several shows that you could view without logging in, which is uh, The Sopranos. Uh, oh, God. What I think it? Barry. I think Barry. Barry, yeah. Ooh, Barry is up there. And um, Succession. Oh Succession. Which I highly, highly recommend. Yeah. And some, there's a show that I've been trying to get Peter to watch forever, um, which is, oh, my goodness, the best show well, ever. How about The Outsiders? That wasn't what I – no, that's not streaming. Um, Peter, oh, Oz? No, well, no, The Wire. The Wire. Oh, The Wire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been trying to get you to watch that forever, dude. Uh, and so there's a bunch of shows that you don't even have to be logged in to the HBO app that's free outside their their thing. So you should check that out. Uh, CBS All Access for new customers has one month free. And um, Stars has a weird as a deal like for twenty five bucks you get six months or something and so there's a bunch of deals out there so check them out and then Tom you have more news yes um, Amazon has signed Nicole Kidman to star in an adaptation of Pretty Things uh, the book doesn't isn't released till April twenty first it was there was a bidding war for it but the premise is a reluctant grifter befriends a wealthy influencer on the shores of Lake Tahoe that sounds great. The con de- develops into a raw, treacherous game of payback. Um, they haven't announced which character she's going to play yet. I bet she's going to go for the meaty role of the con woman. Uh, Disney Plus has hired Joby Harold as the new head writer for the Obi-Wan limited yay! series. Fox has canceled Deputy after season one. Also, yay! Uh, <laughs> and they've all, uh, Jeff Davis, who created Criminal Minds and developed Teen Wolf, is developing an animated series under his new exclusive deal with them. And it's top secret and hush hush, so they're not, they're not telling us anything about it except for they bought Bento Box, a small uh, animation studio, to work on the show. 
And HBO has moved the Mark Ruffalo limited series that I know this much is true to May 10th, pushing it by a week. And he's going to play Twins. It's also based on a book. Hulu renewed Shrill for season three with A.D. Bryant from SNL. And the big news, NBC has greenlit another Law & Order spinoff. This is going to feature Chris Maloney's character, Elliot Stabler from SVU. That, like, that is the only reason they are allowed to do that. Yes. They, literally... <laughs> and, and I will actually will probably at least check out the pilot because I, I'm sure. in love with Chris Maloney. So. He's awesome. All right. If that's all you got, let's move on with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about Westworld, and this is episode three, and it's all about Charlotte Hale and the big question of who the heck is inside Charlotte Hale? Like I what? Teddy. So That's did Allison, I and I think you're both wrong because it's too obvious. We're watching Westworld, people. Whatever the obvious answer is not the answer. So do you think it might be um, Clementine? Well, I, I thought it was Clementine at the beginning until she choked that dude out and then <laughs> talked about her dark side, and I was like, mm, not Clementine. So I actually semi-cheated in that I went online and listened to other people's theories uh, because I didn't like any <laughs> of the theories. I didn't like anything. Like, everything I was... The episode was so great because it was really showing us... I like that each episode of Westworld has been very focused on one character. And this mm-hmm. one was very focused on Charlotte Hale and the big question of what Pearl... Don't you mean not Charlotte Hale? Not Charlotte Hale, right. <laughs> what Pearl did Dolores put inside her? And one thing, we know how many she escaped with. And one thing we've all forgotten is she took... We know she took her father's Pearl, which was Abernathy. And I was like... And he, and you know, he was so confused about who he was. He was like all over the mm-hmm. place. So there's some benefit to that. I was like, uh, maybe, but it doesn't feel right. But he was never a predator. So that seems really bizarre. Right. So that, that part, because he's never, he was never vicious or yeah. So I'm, I'm like, eh, I don't know if I like that. But what I do like the idea of is. You know, all second season, the reason that Dolores was so vicious and evil is that she had Wyatt inside of her, inside of her programming. And so, so there's a theory out there that she split herself, that she took the Wyatt what? personality of herself that's out and then put that into Charlotte Hale. That's why she's like, I trust you completely because it's her. And I was like, and that, and that image on the bed when they pull out and the two of them are cuddled together, it's like a, yes. it's, it's a yin and a yang. One is white and one is in black. And I was like, oh my God, that totally works. I am signing up for that theory. I like it. And it's, it's, de- it's devious enough that it feels like Westworld. Yeah, so, I hadn't thought about that, but that is actually pretty good. Yeah, hmm. okay. I like that one. Um, yeah. So that's, that is, and, and I, like I said, it wasn't mine. I totally stole it from the internet, <laughs> but it's the one that I like best. There's some other wilder theories out there that I'm like, not nah, that sounds like trash, but that's the theory I, I'm going with. But uh, other than that, what did you guys think about the episode? I'm wondering how long that's going to take uh, Aaron Paul's character, Caleb, to figure out that she's a bot. And when he does, is he going to care? <laughs> Well, I, I think she's doing a really good job of manipulate him, manipulating him, which I'm really sort of disappointed in. I really was hoping that she would learn from him, learn that not all humans are terrible, and uh-huh. start to mm-hmm. like maybe get some sympathy. But instead, she's 100% just manipulating him. 
So I'm I'm yeah, I'm not as excited about that part. Allison, your thoughts? Uh, well, I liked all the stuff that that was done with his character, and I, I think the the part that really grabbed me, you know, when they were walking on on the uh, the jetty, and she was telling him, "Oh, this is where you're predicted to commit suicide," and all of that, and he was explaining oh. to her you know, why he was why he was following her, and the the thing that stood out was, "You're the first real thing <laughs> that come into my life," and it's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, oh man," yeah. so yeah, it's gonna get ugly. If when he finds out that, uh, you know, she's she's not as real as he thought she was. Exactly. Um, and she's pulling his strings yeah. like, a, like a puppet. So. I kept thinking when that conversation happened, I'm just thinking of the same conversation, similar conversations on Picard, where how do you define real? Okay. You know, biologic versus synthetic. Well, the whole thing that I think I think she is real in the fact that she's sentient. She wants her freedom. That's she hates her. Yeah. So yeah, she's sentient, absolutely. But she's, she's learned a- from she's yeah. learned how to be sentient from the most horrible people. So I feel like she's and missing how the to lesson. be manipulative from the most horrible exactly. people. Exactly. <laughs> so I really am like I don't know if you learned the lesson you're supposed to be learning. Uh, Has anybody noticed that that big? globe thingy looks like the AT&T logo. <laughs> I thought it was just me. Okay. Yes. Oh, you I'm mean the big like... ball, the AI that's controlling Yeah, everyone? yeah, but it yeah, looks like, I, it looks I, like the I AT&T. Look at every time I see it, it's like, that has to be an inside joke. It just must be. <laughs> has to be. Alright. Well, I think we're all saying, you know, thumbs up. This has been, like, I and I can't wait. I saw the preview for next week. I cannot wait to see what the deal is with the man in black. Um, mm-hmm. Find out his story. And, yeah. And it's just, this show's firing on all cylinders. And I like that you have to be smart enough. And paying attention. And paying attention enough to follow the storyline. Um, so yeah, thumbs up for me. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about better call Saul. And this was the episode where Saul and um, Kim get decided Lalo. to get married. And it was oh. like, that marriage just made me cringe. It's just, I was cringing through the whole thing. I didn't like it at all. Thumbs down for me. <laughs> I think I think it's because we know that they're doomed, ultimately. Well, cause... yes, that's yeah. true, too. But not even that. It was like, it wasn't, they weren't getting married because they're in love with each other. They weren't getting married for any of the reasons that are good. They were getting married for all the wrong reasons, not just that they were due, because I did hope that she would leave him so that she'd survive. Now that they're married, the chances of her survival have gone down. <laughs> or don't, I would argue that Jimmy does love Kim. Oh, yeah. Yes, but they should not be together. I, I And I think... Kim is fond of Jimmy and enjoys having him as a frat body buddy, but it's not reciprocal because she would never do him the way he does her. Right. Well, it's I just... don't know about that because I mean, what what got me about this episode is that she really. It, it's not like she's tied to him for any any particular reason. She she doesn't have to marry him. 
she could just walk away. Right. And I think the, the, the only reason that she's she's getting married to him, yes, there's the legal issue of they can't testify against each other, which we were discussing last week. Mm-hmm. But I think I think the only reason that that becomes important as opposed to just living together is because she really wants to keep him in despite everything he's done, which is insane because she ought to be smarter than that. Um, in, in, instead of just walking away, she wants to be with him. So this is the, what she has to do to do it. Right. That's, that's all I can come up with because there's no real reason if she, if she doesn't have feelings that deep for him, why stay with him at all? Except for that one episode, the episode uh, where we got the flashback into her childhood, which was kind of, we could kind of, we could kind of infer that she didn't have the best childhood and then it's been confirmed, but she might have some other issues that inform her willingness to. Let's talk about, I was going to say, let's talk about Mike and um, Gus and what's going on. And Nacho. And Nacho. Yeah. That trilogy. Um, (laughs) Them destroying. I mean, I felt, I felt bad for him destroying his restaurant, man. Like that was like painful because you know how much he, I mean, he's a criminal and everything, but he's so anal that it actually was painful to watch him destroy his own facility. But he's got more than one. And the thing is, he's so manipulative. It's like he's everybody's, I mean, everybody's, he, he's a step ahead of Lalo. And so he basically knows what needs to be done. Right. Yep. To stay in power and to keep his, he is his, definitely his playing German the benefactor. Long, yeah, he's definitely he's playing, playing the long con. Yeah. yeah. And we yeah. aren't going to blow up until what, season four of Breaking Bad? Season so. three, but yeah. Season three? No, it's season but, four. Um, he gets introduced in season, season three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think, I mean, he's he's an, he's literally an evil genius. <laughs> he is, but, but it actually, I, may, I felt bad for him that he had to blow up his restaurant. That's all. He did do what must be done. He did with the chicken, though. I, I, you know, I was looking at this and going, "How is that to?" Oh, <laughs> just this slow slide of this chicken into the oil before it all goes boom. Boom. Um, yeah. It's brilliant. It's like because I was looking at it, and going, "Why all this?" You know, I mean, why not just throw some stuff around and, and light a match? And it's no, he had to do it this meticulous, crazy Rube Goldberg way. Um, to to set the place on fire, which I thought was kind of brilliant. Oh yeah, it had to be precise. Everything that he does yeah. is precise, so it's it's fantastic. Um, and so, go ahead. Don't we don't we meet Lydia in Breaking Bad? Yes. Is this her first appearance? Yeah, in the, yeah. They showed the company Mar- Madrigal, 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 Ma- whatever. Madrigal. Right. So this is the first time we see the company, and we see the CEO of the company. And they're talking about the long game and how they're going to make their money and all this blah, blah, blah. So you see, you finally see his other partners. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Oh, how about the, the scene with Howard we got to talk about? Oh, when he went off on Howard and lost. Well, Howard went off on him. And, and the thing is. Well, he didn't go off on him. He just finally just told him he had his them. number. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was the thing. I always, you guys always hate Howard. I always see things from Howard's perspective sometimes, <laughs> and uh, I and I get why Howard's like, dude, you could have just said no. <laughs> like, what? Are you, 
It's like a normal yeah. person would have just been like, no, I don't want your money. The end. Jimmy's not a normal person. Oh, yes, we know this. <laughs> and he was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, just tell me no. Um, and I, even I, because I remember when I was watching Jimmy with the with the bowling ball, I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, I get that he's mad, but he had to be so passive aggressive about it. Like, mm-hmm. he didn't get in his face. Think of, think of the years of humble pie that he was forced to eat I by Howard. I get that. Enabling which, Chuck. Right. I and mean, I understand all of that, but I actually think it would be way more satisfying to get in his face about it instead of doing these weird things that he's hoping that he might not even figure out that he's doing. Like, it was so yeah, bizarre. Well, the, the hookers the were too much. Yeah. That was way that was... That, That's where he, he clued in. But the thing that that, that is that struck me is that when he did finally get a chance to confront him, it went very badly. It's like, you can see by the look on his face, this is not how I pictured this conversation in my mind. Um, Because he lost it and he started ranting and raving like a crazy person. And at that point he was no longer in charge. And the person walking out with his dignity was Howard, which was not Jimmy wanted this to play. Correct. So yeah, it was, it was not, it did not end well. <laughs> All right. So overall, though, Better Call Saul, again, good episode. There's uh, only three left. Really? Mm. Yeah. Where did the season go? Holy crap. All right. Uh, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. And we obviously listened to Tom who's been raving at us for two weeks to watch this show. I love this show. And I have caught up. I have watched all eight episodes. <laughs> Do you love it too? Uh, it is my the new... The fact that you've uh, watched all eight episodes. <laughs> it is my new Sunshine and Rainbows. Um, I What I really like about the show is that in this time of darkness that we have, it is really just like a bit of light. And I like that it's not, I mean, it's got comedy, it's got song, but it also has it's real got drama. heart. Yeah, it's got real heart and real emotion as well. And so it has everything. And it's like how people watch This Is Us before, but it, without all the crying, it's not as much crying, less crying, but it still has heart, which I really like. And I did cry a little bit. Um. So I- go ahead, Tom, You since you're the one who started this, tell, tell us what you thought. Um, the thing I love about the show is how, especially once they get past in the second half of the season, they're willing to start playing with the format. So it's either episode six or seven when it starts with this big musical number and it turns out to be a flash mob. It wasn't in her head. It's like, Oh, "Oh." right. That was fantastic. (laughs) Cause she was like, how are you talking to me in the middle of of the song? He was like, cause it's such as, and I didn't realize it was a flash mob either. It's a flash mob. And (laughs) I was like, like, uh, what are the odds of him declaring his love in a way that has her power? Like, it was so crazy. That was fantastic. And then the next episode, when she glitches, where she's she... the one uh, who, has, who has to sing. And that was brilliant, too. It's yeah. like, oh, my gosh. And the thing is, you know, because it includes the subconscious feelings or thoughts. Right. She has no control. I mean... She their loves... heart songs. Yes, she sang her heart songs. Right, she loves songs. She loves Max, but she's not in love with Max. Ellipses yet. 
whereas um, uh, her her coworker, the, other, her the one that's engaged, I'm, yeah, yeah. Her, her engaged coworker who she's got the hots for, basically she's infatuated with him, right? And that's not the same as love, correct? And which her heart songs both sang, uh, right? It was very clear. Um, but she did need to give honesty to the guy who did the flash mob. Like he deserves oh, some Max? sort of, a, yeah, Max deserves some sort of answer. Great, by the way. I think he was perfectly cast. I think the oh, best casting, you know, he, I've, I've been a fan of his for a long time. Uh, clearly we mostly probably know him from pitch perfect. Um, and he's a little, you know, a little bit of a hidden secret. Um, I can't remember the other thing I saw him in, but my, uh, you know, he's a little, someone said something a little dismissively that he was like Darren Chris light. And no, 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 wait, I didn't say that. I said, I, I was, I was talking to somebody else about it and it wasn't a complete diss. Uh, but and I disagreed. I said, no, 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 no. First of all, I find him sexier than, um, <laughs> than Darren Chris. Um, so that should make a big deal to difference. Um, but yeah, I think that um, uh, I want to I want to chime in here because um, I as I, we, I off 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 podcast, I was mentioning uh, to both Peter and Allison, I would be really curious to see hear what Allison has to say because she's a big musical fan and we have on previous podcasts kind of talked about the hit and misses Um, and then Peter we were talking about this um, about I think you said you watched the pilot and kind of was like not impressed and here's what I will say about the show Uh, I will sing you my response oh no (laughs) (laughs) I'm walking on sunshine and doesn't it feel good I don't know I'm a terrible singer don't hold me to it um so it really is. It's a, just a ray of sunshine. Um, and so I'll talk about the things I love most about it, but I really don't want to miss talking about a few things that I don't like about the show. Cause to me, it isn't a perfect show, but it is absolutely the perfect show for the, the time right now. These times um, it's a great palate cleanser for me. Cause a lot of the shows we watch definitely still are kind of dark or, or brooding or blah, 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 or, you know, apocalyptic. Um, so for me, uh, but it was really hard to just like save them. I also watched them. Uh, Libby, you mentioned, I watched them. I broke it up in two. I watched four episodes and then watched another four episodes. But what I'll say is this, uh, the show, I almost hated the show in the pilot and we all know pilots are a hit or miss. They can give a false negative. I've already talked about this before. Um, but it really, um, it almost turned me off. Like, like aggressively i was like i was like okay this is too much i understand it's high concept and it it has to be done really really carefully um i think they overdid it with the songs i think they were trying to like push too hard i think the score is really you know on the nose which is a little annoying um but uh by by like even the halfway through the second episode but definitely by the end i feel like they got their footing um there there was more balance between like the songs here's what i will say that i love about it Libby, you and I talked about this before. I think the songs they choose are outstanding. They are so well. They serve the the um, the the narrative so well. They serve the theme. They, you know, it's an excellent, excellent job. The other thing is, I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was defending again. They were saying that some of the performances aren't 
you know, great. They're not all great singers, you know, and, and some of the choreography is kind of clunky. And at first I kind of, you know, I was like, yeah, that is true, but I don't mind it, you know, but they were talking about like the, when all the dads sing in Mamma Mia and it's like, some of it is just like painful. So, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? I was like, it's not Mamma Mia dad bad singing. I was like, you know, it's, it's not that horrible. But I'm okay with that as well. I will say the staging and the choreography and the dancing, having like 80% of my friends come right off of Broadway and they were all very good, amazing dancers. We always talk about that. So I thought some of that is a little clunky, but again, it works because it's winsome and cute and it adds to the whole like all shucks kind ofness. It's not super overproduced, the dancing, you know, uh, uh, scenes and stuff. Um, but I, but I want to say one more thing before I stop talking. Um, I don't love uh, the choices she makes. The lead, I love her as a character. I mean, as an actress, and I think she does a fantastic job anchoring the show. She is um, the, all the right percentages of, um, you know, likable and and then kind of zany and uh, troubled, and but smart. You know, I love that she's really great at her job. So they do a really nice job with her. But as far as the choices she's been making in terms of like the cheating and the this and the mm-hmm. narking on the brother and all of that stuff, I know it's written to create drama and it's, you know, to create tension, but it made it almost made her almost unlikable for me. So towards the middle and towards even the end, I was getting a little a little too annoyed with her. And I thought you know, the concept is great. They're executing it great. It's a little weak for me on story. Last thing I'm going to say, I do like this. It reminded me very much because it's a, a message show and it's kind of got like a theme of the week. It reminded me of that show that I was going on and on about that Jason Ritter show about how he, he tries to solve people's problems and help them. You know, it's like, Oh, a, um, the Kevin show. Yeah. The, yeah. Kevin almost saves the world or something, mm-hmm. you know, Probably. so it's that kind almost. of a show. God friended me, you know, it's that show where like every week she, you know, helps somebody, whatever. However, I call I it touched like, by melody. That's fantastic. I'm going to steal that. Um, so, um, so the one thing I do like about it is that they've kept it local, that it's small. Like I wondered like, Oh, is this going to be a show where like she runs into someone in this coffee shop or, you know, she's on a bus or, you know, whatever it's, I like that she's, they've kept it really local and that she's just really helping the people in her circle, you know, um, that makes it more manageable for me. And, and I think it's prone, it's less prone to like, um, you know, like preachiness or like, you know, going on about like, you know, theme of the week kind of a thing. I think I like that even better. And it's a different twist. So I'm a huge fan. It's not without its problems, but I definitely think that people who aren't watching it should give it at least two episodes. And it's a curiosity. I mean, it's so high concept. There's really no reason to like not watch it to see if they can pull it off. That's my, my take. I hope they don't kill off the dad. Hmm. No, I hope they don't. And but it feels I like it's I... inevitable, though. Yeah. Seriously. Yes. Yeah. But I will say this. Having lost a father early in life, I I definitely wondered how they were going to handle that, if it was going to be a little too saccharine or, you know, trickly or whatever, or too manipulative. And I give them props for um, handling that with care. Um, and kind of giving it respect and kind of giving it a full, you know, story, um, you know, and even the fact that that's what bonds her, you know, with her and her coworker. Again, it's a very solid reason for them to kind of, you know, 
tiptoe to that, you know, edge, you know, with each other, because something like that, it was is legitimately deep and meaningful. So I say nice move on that as well. Hmm. Cool. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Harley Quinn, which is about to start its season two. But Peter is going to tell us why he enjoyed season one and why we should be watching season two. So go ahead, Pete. Yeah, um, I I liked I I was a big fan of Birds of Prey, hated Suicide Squad, um, but I liked the DC animated stuff. I just saw uh, Superman Red Sun, and I thought that was really good. So I was kind of curious because I gave the DC app another chance because uh, I did get it when it premiered, and I was kind of eh on Titans. Um, but I had been hearing some good things about the Harley Quinn uh, animated show. I heard that it was very much for adults, like language and violence. And I was like, well, yeah, that fits Harley Quinn. I was like, that would make sense. So um, I watched the pilot. And I thought the pilot maybe was trying a little too hard. However, I don't know, man. Like I – Anybody on this show, especially Olivia and Tom and stuff, everyone knows, even if I love a show, I can it can take me forever to get like I really like Westworld and I like devs, but I've I'm like weeks behind. I just get that way. Well, with Harley Quinn, I watched it in like two days. Like now, granted, it's a half hour, so that's always easier than a fifty minute show or forty three minutes. Um, but it's basically it seems like Birds of Prey and this Harley Quinn show, even though they're different writers, it's basically taking the same kind of modern twist, which is that like Harley Quinn is realizing how much she's been kind of like in this toxic relationship with Joker and the springboard for both the animated show and Birds of Prey is basically like that relationship is over and how much is she still going back to Joker and how much is she like getting her own crew. And I will say that to the sh- to the show's credit, like, they don't lean on Joker too much, although I think Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk does plays Joker. Yeah, he's Joker. He's great. He does a lot of the. I think he does Clayface also, which is Probably. hilarious. Um, but I really like I I like that like basically Harley and Poison Ivy have a pretty fun like really good bond, a good friendship. I like the way they use the you know the kind of uh, politics of uh, Me Too and everything into the Gotham universe. And but the biggest thing is it's just very funny. And I think uh, is it Kaylee Cuoco from Big yep, Bang? Yeah, from Big Bang. She's Harley Quinn, and Lake Bell is Poison Ivy. Poison. So really, and uh, the guy from uh, I forgot what he, he was on the Drew Carey show. He's on American Housewife. He's Batman. Oh, Diedrich Potter. He's uh, he's great. Like I just really like it. I know that uh, we talked off, off podcast. I know Tom was not a fan of the the pilot. The only thing I will say that like yes, it is not. It is definitely not an animated it's, – it's not an animated show for kids. However, I will say, and I think Livia can attest this, that DC Animated, like, they've definitely had made, like uh, made-for-TV DC movies like Red Sun that aren't for kids either. They definitely have like a – we know some of our fans are older so we can be a little darker. Like, so it's, it's definitely not – it's definitely not a kid show. Uh, but I'm looking for – season two just dropped or the, the first episode just dropped. And I thought the end of the first season um, was pretty good. And I thought that, not a huge spoiler, but one thing I was worried about was I was like, well, how much are you going to keep going back to the well of, is Harley going to go back to Joker? And by the end of the first season, they come up with a solution that I was like, oh, I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. Like that, that could be a good thing. Even though I think Tudak is really funny as Joker. I just don't want 
too much of that. So anyways, I like it. And, and, and based on what you guys have said, I will give uh, Zoe's playlist another chance because I thought the Yay! Was Yay. Even though I love Jane Levy, I think it's a great cast, like you guys said. I just And I like musicals. I don't know why. It was in a weird mood. I don't know why that. And Lauren Graham. And Lauren Graham, I know. I just I, Peter Gallagher, Mary Steenburgen. Yeah, I like that. I just don't know. Why I didn't. It's so funny to me that Libya watched so many episodes because that's such a lighter show, and she it was fantastic, man. I know. I just I don't know why I didn't. I don't know. Anyways, I will go back to that. But yeah, Harley Quinn, thumbs up. Yeah, my, I think my, I mean, like Peter said, I I did not care for the pilot at all, so I won't I won't beat a dead horse. I think my bigger problem overall is with the DC universe and who they think their target audience. I would say is, uh, but I might say was because rumors are they're going to be folded into HBO Max because all their new shows are TVMA basically, ex- with the exception of uh, Young Justice Season 3. And I just think that was not a smart strategy that they need, you know. And the Harley Quinn character was actually created for Batman the Animated Series, which was when it was on Fox. You're right, you're right. And then she proved so successful that they incorporated her into the comic books, which is great for her co-creators, Bruce, Tim, and Paul Dini. But... The decision has been made in the last few years to turn her into DC's Deadpool. And I'm not a fan of Deadpool whatsoever. And I'm not really a fan of this version of Harley Quinn. I liked Birds of Prey, hated Suicide Squad, so Peter and I had that in common. (laughs) Really hated Joker. That's a different discussion. But I just wish that they had not gone for... You can be edgy without being gross. I just, I felt assaulted. That pilot was just, I, I just, I, I totally disagree. Yeah. I thought the pilot was pretty good, actually. I liked it. So, I'm sorry, Tom. To well, each her own. Well, I, like I said, I, I sort of see what, I, what Tom I'm not saying. saying it's not adult. It's absolutely, do not let oh, your children sure. watch sure. this show. Like, no. just to be but clear. But the problem is, children tend to gravitate Two animated series. That was the no, problem with all, The Simpsons. But, but not all uh, animated series are designed for children. Just because it's animated doesn't mean it has to be for children. And I believe, and this is definitely. But when it's a when it's a character that's a, that has appeared in child friendly media, that's the problem. She's been used in kid friendly. Not really cartoons. Yes, dude. But, she I got mean, her. She got her start in Batman the Animated Series. It, it, I, I feel like if they rate it properly, they can make it as adult as they want. Um, and so I don't have a problem with that at all. I'm not trying to 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 be the... like. I feel like it's the parents' job to look at the ratings and make sure the stuff is okay for the they kids. They don't do that. Not my problem. Not the show's problem either. The show should not be constrained because so you're Nibia not watching your kids. expects parents to parent. That's crazy talk. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Next, next up, let's talk about this other new show I discovered, which is called Motherland Fort Salem. And this was my show that I've been raving about to everybody. I was like, "Oh my god, you guys all have to watch this!" And thankfully, a couple of you guys actually watched it. This I like the pilot. I thought it was. I thought it was a pretty good pilot. Good pilot. Good cast. Um. I thought maybe it was trying to do too many things in a pilot, which is what usually happens, but that's fine. Um, and I'll def- I definitely want to watch more. How many episodes have aired? Just three. two. Three. Oh, oh three? Wait. Yes. Oh. I only the third found... one just aired. Yeah, the third. it comes on on Thursdays. So the third one came on on Thursday. It wasn't available yet on DirecTV On Demand. 
I um, don't hate it. I don't like it. I like aspects of it. Th- that scene in the pilot of the guys hurling to their deaths was very disturbing and striking. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, which one? What scene? In the pilot where everybody, where in the, the terrorists organized yeah, yeah, the opening. Oh, that was terrifying. Yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. know. For some reason, it just hasn't clicked for me. I might have to, you know, I will, I will follow the, uh, I will follow the you son rule, and not abandon it just yet. But I will, you know, see if maybe episode saw, three hooks me. Did, wait, oh, so you did see the first two? You said. Yeah, I didn't, and like I said, I didn't dislike it. I, for for me, just something wasn't quite clicking. Hmm. Well, I I, okay. I watched. Allison, did you see it? I, I did, and I I mostly really like it. Um, but it does it, you know, it's got a lot to do, and for the most part, they're handling it well. The thing is, with a show like this, not only do they have to introduce you to the characters, but they're creating a whole world. So they have to introduce you to the entire concept and what kind of world that we're living in, and not make it feel like a giant, you know, expositional data, info data dump. dump. Yeah. So and and I think that they've been handling that for the most part pretty well. You know, it's like whenever I come up with a question, it's like, well, but, you know, how does this work and what's going on here? They they tend to answer that fairly quickly. Um, the, you know, the the thing that I'm not responding to too well is I think some of the dialogue is a little on the clunky side and some of the acting is maybe not as good as it ought to be. That's probably um, what I'm reacting to. Yeah, I, th- I, I think I so. I think the three girls, I really like their relationship. I think the, I o- think the leads are solid. I think yeah. the leads are solid. I think the only problem I have is the girl that's like the villain, that's like the villain girlfriend who's the spy or whatever. Oh, she sucks. She's that's terrible. what I was just going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. I that was the most that. obvious twist ever. I yeah, mean, it, it's was. Like, it was. It was. Figure that out. Yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah. As- as soon as she burned her face and changed her face, it was very lock and key. And I thought, oh, there you go. That like, was I, I was thinking that too. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we have said this over and over again for years. A, a show like this, most shows are only as good as their villain. So as much as I, I don't want to interrupt you, Allison. I want to go back to you, but I just want to interject and say, because it sounds like I'll be going last. Um, I This is the first show in a very long time that I, I've liked this much this early. Um, I Like, I'm super excited about the show. It is not perfect. Uh, like I said, the biggest problem for me, I think it sounds like all of us, um, is the is the actress who plays the villain, but also the villain. You know what I mean? Like in in general, it was it's predictable and it's not that interesting. So, go ahead, Allison. <laughs> well, I think I think one of the problems with the villain is that you know it's it they've already and it's it's the concept that they've decided to go with is that their their villains really is it's a diffuse organization with no head or at least no head that we've been made i feel like there is a head because the person who's talking to her in the mirror well but that could just be another faction you know or the the head of the particular cell she works for um not necessarily the the ultimate you know and i think that when you when you have a concept like that it's it just becomes very vague who am i supposed to hate you know who what and what is what are they doing this for that that's also very vague so far it's like oh, they no, i thought they made that clear Allison. i thought it was very clear yeah i, yeah, I, I don't have any question about clear. what they're doing i thought they were making a very direct parallel to isis and you know and and terrorist oh, cells their, their and whole point yeah their whole point is that, that no, they're they I was gonna say their whole point to me is they're the witches that don't like the system 
that they don't have a choice in. Because there's obviously, a, if you dodge the draft and don't join the sisterhood or whatever that military is called, then there are dire consequences. You get sent to jail. You might be executed. And these are the yeah. people who have escaped that, who are trying to change the system. So they've joined this other group. So I feel like that's very clear. I didn't have a problem with that. It's, they, they very specifically say when she's, when, when the uh, sergeant, is showing the the training film to the group of people. She said, they will tell you that this is what it's about, but it's not. And then she doesn't go on to say what it actually is. Well, I mean, I feel like that's propaganda. Yeah, I feel like that's the military's propaganda to be like, they're saying they're innocent and this is it, but it's really not. I feel like it is. And of course the military is going to make them look like crazy bad people. But I feel like it's not as black and white as all that. It's, I like that. That's actually that we know enough about this world yet before we can make judgments that oh well you know this is well, what that, that's true. But that's what that's, that's part the of the point fun of, the show. of this. It's yeah, unraveling it like slowly, yeah. onion peel. Yeah, you know, I I think I think um, I really like the, and you know that that they've already introduced the idea that it's not black and white. Um, that 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 our villain or or the movement is filled with, you know, uh, more gray and, and contradiction. And, and um, you know, it's to me that actually does add to a quality, a level to the show. I think I have to say, I can't believe I'm admitting this. Um, <laughs> I am impressed that this is coming from Freeform because I used to watch Shadowhunters. And I think um, uh, that is universally not understood to be a good show but it was a fun show for me and so i was kind of expecting that level this is way better um you know i think and i'm playing my favorite game of you know it's a cross between the craft and harry potter and you know uh, annapolis and um you know whatever stuff that is out there but to me it keeps it fresh the fact that it's um even what's that show uh, handmaid's tale you know where like women are kind of in in i mean even though they're heralded as heroes which i love you know they're not but they're still being conscripted they're still being kind of you know forced to do stuff uh so it's even a bit of handmaid's tale for me i think it's shot really much grittier than i thought it was going to be uh, again coming from someone who watched a show on freeform um so i've got a little bit of that perspective so for me, the show is really solid. And I think, like Allison said, to jump off of that, they did a really nice job. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be explained. And right, without but I want to see full data dump. Yeah. yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I, without a full data dump. They, go ahead. I don't personally get the, the Handmaid's Tale because they, they call it Motherland for a reason. This is supposed to be a matriarchal society. Yeah, the, president, the, the president no, 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 is a no, female. No, no. But she said, no, I think no, she's no. saying it's reverse. Wait, wait. No, no. What, no, what I'm saying is, no, I'm not. What I'm saying is, like I said, it's only aspects. It sprinkles up. I'm talking about the conscription aspect, the aspect that they're still being forced to perform a duty that, but they're being heralded. I did say that they were being, you know, that they were being, you know, heralded. Well, guys, and that we they actually were, have to know, move on. We got to move on. We got to move on. We can't. Okay. So, but I want to I want to leave it with people saying that it's a little bit of everything, which to me isn't a bad thing. And I think there's probably something in there for everyone. And it's definitely worth giving a shot. It's not so terrible that it's like, oh, I, you know, well, there's it's a, there's enough in there. Say it was terrible. I'm 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 interested and I'm watching it. I just oh, I yeah, just no, don't no. think it's, you know it's got like it's got issues. That's oh yeah, me too. I, it's definitely not perfect. Got, I didn't guys, mean you guys. Guys, we got to wrap I, this I up. Think people are listeners. They should give it a chance. All right. 
next up, we're going to talk about the series finale of The Magicians. No! <laughs> this is the end, guys. This is the end. Oh. oh. So, I mean, they did it well. They did end it well. Um, I I was impressed because at least they gave it a, a good ending, a decent ending. They wrapped everything up and they, they ended it kind of on a question, which I, I like too, because you can sort of fill in the blank as to where you want things to go from there, uh, you know, your own personal preferences. Um, but I think as far as the characters were concerned, everybody ended in a good place. I think all of the characters ended there where they were appropriately. And I, I love the creation of a new fillery. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fabulous. Um, that had fields of bacon I, for no reason, but okay, sure. Well, <laughs> and, and trees of knives, too. Right. So there's... <laughs> and I think they had a field of pizza or something like that. I mean, oh, right. No. Yeah, they just found pizza randomly. It was so bizarre. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny that if you've read the Chronicles of Narnia as a kid that the the, the, the last battle, the, the seventh book big, cre- uh, ends with the creation of a new Narnia and a new earth. So I'm like, okay, obviously you are paying homage or at least aware of, of what um, the original author is, was doing a riff on with Fillory and Narnia. I was sad that Elliot and Margot don't end up to, in the same place because you know I, know I mean i like what's his face he's fine but <laughs> i want elliot and margo to like they are they are friends forever they, they're, yeah, yeah they're, they're bff forever, forever right not not being able to snipe and you know, make nasty remarks about other people that, but that, i did like that margo ended up with uh god what's his name josh josh i did like margo yeah. with josh yeah and the thing is, I think that ultimately, I mean, because they do end it with, you know, let's see what happens with, but, you know, they, they've got uh, Penny and, and Julia who are now traveling to other worlds, trying to find where the new Fillory is. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's very easy. You can just write in your mind that eventually they will and, and eventually they'll all be together again. Yay. So, <laughs> you know, that's how I like to look at it. Yeah, that was the only thing that, bothered me a little bit was that everybody wasn't together at the end Mm. um but i did like all the rest of the story and because of that i'm gonna start my great magicians rewatch next week and how many episodes at a time i'm not sure because i'm watching it with um she's never seen magicians and so we're going to do a rewatch let me know i mean keep 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 me in the loop as i'm in um I did think the thing with uh, the birth of Julian Penny's baby. Oh, that was so adorable. Sorry. No, I'm talking about before then, though, when when Penny travels, you know, basically when the outcome goes bad and he travels, tries oh. to fix it and is told, this is the fix. That I was know. Like, <laughs> that was a good twist. I've like always twist. wanted somebody to do that with a time travel type thing. Yeah, and, and it was it actually makes sense because I remember when they were all doing the plan that the girl that I don't remember her name just showed up and was like, do you think that's a good idea? That sounds like maybe it might not be a good idea. And I was like, how would she know that? Why is she talking right now? I thought it was strange that she spoke up at that moment until you realize she's already done this. And you're like, yeah. oh, that makes so much sense now. Well, Plum, I think her name is 
Yeah, so... Oh, and when the Beast showed back up, that was Oh crazy. my goodness! That was the best, like... I don't even know if that's a cameo or what you call it, but I was like, man, that dude is still scary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... And it's made everything that had happened make sense. It's yes. like, you know, oh, so he's been tricking him this whole time. Okay. Right. All right. Except... They did totally make out like three episodes ago. And I was like, ew, that's kind of disgusting. <laughs> um, but, you know, whatever. The, I mean, he is called the Beast for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all of it worked. Like everything clicked. I don't have any like lingering questions because I think there was a question I had at the beginning of the episode. I was I was texting with Allison and I was like. Why did uh, Quentin have that page of the seed in the first place? Where did that come from? How did he get that? Literally, as soon as I wrote the question, they answered it on the television. Like, they heard me. It was so (laughs) bizarre. I was like, oh, wow. That was was cool. (laughs) (laughs) Almost like magically. Yes. (laughs) It was fantastic. Um, the ultimate in interactive TV. Exactly. I was like, yeah. why is it that they don't do this and this and this? That's kind of weird. And they were like, we're doing this. And then it was like, as soon as I said it, um, I think the guy was like, Alice, have you ever wondered why you found that paper that Quentin left? And I was like, whoa. All right. But anyway, so thumbs up for me. Oh, oh, and, and, and filthy Santa Claus. Oh, yes. I love Santa Claus. <laughs> so it was great. Thumbs up for The Magicians as a whole, as a series, and definitely as a season. This is this is pretty good. Thank you for sticking the landing. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead, Peter. I I saw the I saw season one of The Magicians and I saw season one of Twelve Monkeys. And I never really I like Magicians is better. Yeah. Well, they're very different. I love They are different, but I don't think Twelve Monkeys stuck the landing. Oh really? Because I thought their ending was perfect. Well, I thought they ended perfectly. Well, I fell off like I fell off the last season. Like they just irritated me the last season. I was so, like, Allison, you like both? I do, I, and I think they're very different. And I think in their own way, they're excellent. Twelve Monkeys does get a little muddled, like about the second to last season, but then they pull it together and it ends in a completely satisfying way. A little mud. It got a lot muddled. <laughs> so Libya, you're more magicians. Yeah, and you should join us. We're doing a rewatch next, starting next week. You can join us. I don't like that. You know, I, I will say though, I don't like. Oh, I remember what I didn't like about magicians. I don't like the lead guy. Yeah, neither did I. Dude, isn't he in? I heard he's not in the last season, but isn't he in? That is correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't like the lead guy either. The show still works. Yes. So, like, Wait, it's, Peter, it's, so got a, it's got a strong it? ensemble cast. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you've only seen one season, Peter? Yeah, I only saw season one. Okay. Well, because well, the rewatch is mostly uh, for my benefit because I haven't well, I haven't watched the show ever. Uh, and I've always wanted to. And when you guys start talking about it, I always run out of the room. So, um, I mean, literally. And... Um, Yes, I'm really excited. So if I if I finish season one and I you know and I start season two and it's really good, I will I will tap you on the shoulder and be like, hop on. So I'll, okay. I'll yeah, let you. I'll give you my opinion. I like the concept. I liked everybody else in the cast. I just thought the main guy was. So you're basically saying it's like, uh, is it 
Dean on Supernatural. Yes. Except, but Girl. better because d- that show's not an ensemble. That show has two people. And if you don't <laughs> like one of them, that's kind of a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> uh, but for yeah, the but magicians, the cast is like the, 10 people, you know? So yeah. if you don't like the, Quentin, the, it's okay. Yeah, because the further along it goes, the less reliant on Quentin. Yeah, it's not about Quentin. Quentin. By the time you get to season two, it's not about Quentin. I remember no. really. I remember really liking Penny and is there a character named Julia? Yes. Yep. Well, don't give a spoiler. We need to move on anyway. Okay. I will right. talk about this off podcast. All right. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about how to get away with murder. This show is still on. <laughs> There's the only five season. episodes left. Yep. This Isn't is the Davis like bored and wanting to move on. Like, she is. This is the I last think season. I think they've run out of people to kill too. Yes, that's true too. Um, their 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 group has now been dwindled because they keep killing each other. Um, so the big mystery of the last five episodes is who killed one of their group, who was going to turn state's evidence. So now, uh. It, it, it went to, it's a little crazy town and I, I hate all her students. I hate them all. They're all good actors, but I hate the fact that Viola Davis's character has killed no one. She is the only cast member in all of them who has committed no murders. All she's ever done is cover up the murders that they all did, yet... The FBI wants her for all the murders that she had nothing to do with. And they're like, she forced you to do all these murders. And they're like, yes, she did. She was really mean to us. And I was like, are you guys in the same show that I'm watching? Like, what's going on? Yeah, the FBI, I understand, because they're in the pocket of the corrupt governor. That's the reason, really, that they're going after her. But the fact that everybody else on the show is always dumping all over uh, Annalise is driving me crazy because she is the only one who isn't guilty of all of this. Yeah, she has committed no murders. Now, Libya, the name of the show is How to Get Away with Murder, not How I Got Away with Murder. I understand that, <laughs> but it just frustrates me that they're so ungrateful, that they have no loyalty to her. What All of them would be in jail by now if it wasn't for her. And every single one of them, they just, in the last episode, the big deliberation was, do we turn state's evidence against Annalise and basically lie and say that she ordered them to kill her husband, which, of course, she didn't. She mm-hmm. happened She happened to find out that they killed her husband after they did it, and then she was like, well, okay, I'll help you guys cover it up. But, and they're all like, well, she totally told us to do it to get a good grade in school. Like, who could kill someone's husband if you want a good grade in school like that's doesn't even make any sense but whatever i am so frustrated with her class and i'm glad that there's only like five episodes left yeah no they're all horrible people but i just they're entertainingly horrible people so that's it is entertaining yes yes um, but yeah, I mean, especially Bonnie, Bonnie drives me crazy because she's constantly making determinations about who's guilty and who's innocent. And it's like, honey, you have the worst track record of determining and who's she... guilty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she has no sense. Yeah. Uh, and also why would you ever trust Frank in any situation? Frank oh, constantly lies and he constantly murders people. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 
at least for Annalise, he would do the dirty work. But then she'd be like, did you kill them? Like, after she would send him on a mission, she'd be like, and did you kill anyone on this mission? And he'd be like, well, you know, it's like, come on. Oh, anyway, <laughs> this show is frustrating. It's entertaining. I'm still watching it. There's five episodes left. I'm going to finish this out, mainly because I love Viola Davis. Like, she is the reason I'm watching this show. Um, and then the kids are actually all good actors. I just hate how they behave towards her. So there's that. All right, let's move on. That's all my frustration all out at once. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> and Tom, what did you think? I thought it was great. <laughs> I really wish I had been watching this show more, especially after it made the leap to NBC. But uh, yeah, the uh, the <laughs> the whole thing with um, oh, why can't I think of um, Andy Samberg's Golly. character's name? Oh, with the whole oh, father, Jake. terrible Jake. father, so, Jake. Yeah, yeah, Jake Peralta. Jake, Jake, Jake's, Jake's, Jake and his wife are pregnant. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, like, and really nobody did. was surprised. You're gonna go we instead of, but. <laughs> It was pretty obvious if you've been watching this season that Melissa Fumero is really pregnant. Right. So yes. and they break the news to everybody and everybody's like, yeah, because they knew. <laughs> and then they call back all the sitcom tropes about, you know, why are you carrying something in front of you? Why do you have that plant? Why do you have that large <laughs> file? Why are you wearing a hazmat suit? <laughs> the hazmat suit was great. Yeah. And, and wait, but, I have um, to add. I, I have to add that in that scene, my favorite part of all of that, which was all great, was when Charles didn't react, you know, and he was like, well, I knew you were pregnant. And then he goes, with twins. And then he faints. And then, he, and then everyone's like, well, twins? And he's like, no, nah, I just needed him to faint. He's like, I wanted the faint. You're like, I'm going for the faint. And that to me, uh, again, they've come back around to what I love best. I have been a little you know, squeaking about, you know, not being quite as funny since going to NBC. And I think the last kind of thing, the harshest critique I've given, which is not that harsh, was for a while I felt like they were focusing a little too much on Jake and the captain, um, which is great. I love that aspect of the show, but they weren't giving, you know, the everybody else, the ensemble, as much uh, focus. And the last few episodes, they've definitely tried to get everybody involved and have their bits. And my other favorite, favorite relationship I mean, they're all great, but, the you know, Boyle and Peralta are hilarious together. And his sycophancy, I don't know if that's a word, but um, is tremendous. It's so endearing and adorable. And they've kind of swung back around to, like, really focus on that as well. Um, so, yeah, so even in that pregnancy montage that Tom was talking about, they were able to throw in one of those. So keep going, Tom, because I forgot what else happened in the episode. Well, I was going to say, oh, also, I was going to say, uh, Peter, this is one of your few shows that you have. Ooh. What did you think? Yeah, Peter, Peter tag in, talk about the, the, the curse of the sons. No, no, I thought, it was, I thought it was pretty funny. I liked who they cast as the grandpa. I thought that was really good. And I also like, they did the joke where they're, what is it, when he's like, uh, they do the thing where they're like, you know, um, can't, can't contain it, uh, name, name of Amy's sex tape. Or whatever. No, no, like, actually the name of my sex tape is. <laughs> right, and it was something, was it the, was it the, it was something where they're like, he's taking all my jokes or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, was, what was great is when they dropped the cake. And they call themselves cleaning it blindfolded. It's like, we're going to oh bird box this. Oh, my God. That box. was fantastic. That was some great, like, physical humor and a sight gag. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought it was good. 
I did think that last week's with J.K. Simmons was a little stronger because I think he was such a great addition. Uh, he was such a yeah. great supporting character. But um, but no no I've I've liked I you know I really like the show so I've liked this season um, yeah like and, and you guys are right like all the jokes about you know with the actress who really who clearly really is pregnant like worked pretty well um, wait I'm trying to think what was the side because there's always two stories what is um, oh the the, uh, the witness to the crime who turned out to be an, uh, an immigrant and Scully and and whatever were like yeah. you know purposely lost the uh, you right. know the information right, right. yeah. Yeah, that, that wasn't worked. that wasn't as good to be honest. No, it wasn't as funny. What, that was the, the, message, the, but... the, the flute coaching. No, that was good. <laughs> yeah. He was doing what is that movie called? Is it called Whip? What was that Whiplash. movie? Yeah. Whiplash. 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 Yeah, stars they were, J.K. Simmons. Yeah, they were totally doing Whiplash in that scene. That was great. <laughs> he said something or garbage. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, that was really funny. All right, so we're obviously giving Brooklyn Nine Nine a thumbs up. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Kim's Convenience, or Peter will, since oh, you watched the no, new season. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say a few words. Go ahead, Peter. Yeah, I like Kim's Convenience is a, like Shit's Creek, it's, an, it's another Canadian-produced, um, basically sitcom, single-camera sitcom, um, and it's in its, the fourth season just started, um, and it's, uh, for, I don't know if, if we ever talk about the show. So yeah, it's a, it's a immigrant, fa- uh, Korean family in Canada. I for, I don't know what city they're supposed to be, but they're basically, you know, it's a convenience store. And so they have, um, two full grown kids. Cause the kids are supposed to be what you said. They're like one's in college and one's in his twenties. Right. Yeah. I would say mid, mid to late twenties. The one that used to work at, or I don't know if he still does. Cause I haven't seen the last season, but, um, the at the car the rental car, car place. Car right. Rental right. So the, uh, the first two episodes, yeah, they're pretty solid. They're, you know, they're still kind of like a sort of romance between, uh, the main, I forget what the main, I'm, I'm really terrible with names. I'm sorry, but the main son and he works at a car dealership and there's the woman who runs the place. There's always kind of a flirty thing, but the big thing was in the premiere, the um, the son is like, oh, there's this good lunch. There's a good lunch place for burgers that we got to go, and it is uh, it's Chinese. I, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be Chinese. And the guys there, the two cooks, kind of like the soup kitchen thing, they have a very heavy accent. And so part of the, the episode is that, like, of course, because our main characters are Asian, they kind of play up the guy's accent they're like oh he kind of does this and it's hilarious but then of course the the one who runs the uh the dealership is white so she tries to do the accent and it's like and of course it's like no don't no, do that don't. yeah i was like oops but, no. then, but then the funny thing is later in the episode an australian guy comes in who is of indian descent but he's australian and so everyone so then that becomes the notion of like well, wait can we all just do the Australian thing? Is that okay? Like, <laughs> but he's Indian. Does that matter? Like, <laughs> that's that good. I like that. That's a great, that's a great issue. Yeah. I, I will say, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's a good, it's good. It's just, you know, it's, I mean, my favorite characters of the show are honestly, uh, Appa and the, the wife. Of it's course. The, yeah, yeah. The dad Perfect. and the mom. I'll give my two cents because I am Korean. Not that Peter, I'm saying my 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 thing weigh, my opinion weighs more than yours. Um, and I'm very much 
that is literally my life, uh, you know, in 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 uh, in sitcom, uh, you know, uh, world. It the show to me when I first started watching it. My dad was a doctor, but his doc his office was attached to our house. So there's even that parallel of my dad's, you know, going off to work was literally putting on a white you know, coat and opening two doors, you know what I mean? So that was dad off to work. Um, and so in the show, they live above the the store. So, um, and out to, to riff off of what you just said, appa, which is the Korean word for father. Um, and we do definitely call our fathers just appa. Um, I, uh, it's a little bit, it's like an Archie Bunker kind of setup where he is definitely old school Korean, speaks with the accent, has a lot of stereotypical wrong, you know, I don't know, wrong, but outdated and very culturally enmeshed uh, ideas, except that he definitely follows an arc of, you know, being more open minded and being more understanding and, and kind of surprising you with his certain things, but yet still being very, in, in many ways, Archie Bunkerish. I think the show is absolutely solid. I think you don't have to be, you know, Asian to enjoy the show. Um, in fact, I think it does a nice job of giving you some insight into an Asian slash Asian continental you know experience there in canada but you know canada america you know yeah, they're just really polite in canada it doesn't make a difference you no. know so um i like the show because and not just for inclusion reasons i think it's an interesting look into uh you know it, it's that it's like that balance of like it's we're still going to be funny and it's going to be a family centric so you're going to get all the family issues but we're also going to give you some cultural insight and some the play on the you know i didn't even see the episode but i could just imagine it in my head you know the issue about accents and racism there's so much going on you know, in the world, especially right now. And I don't want to get too political, but it, it is scaring me with the whole um, Asian backlash, you know. And I made a joke to someone a long time ago about how Americans uh, are, or white people in general, are much more savvy now. So instead of just being like all Asians look alike or sound alike or speak the same language, um, you know, they're really people do much more know that Koreans are Koreans and Chinese are Chinese and Japanese are Japanese. But it's but in this Trump era, it's swinging back to just, you know, slanted eyes and we hate you because you brought, you know, the coronavirus. And I was joking with a friend of mine a few weeks ago before it became much more prevalent. And I was like, nah, I'm, and they asked me if I was worried. And I said, nah, I'm Korean, you know, and I was like, BTS and, you know, Korean barbecue are protecting me. Like, you know, people don't hate Koreans. Um, so for me, a show that kind of, you know, specifically humanizes and makes the point that we are all very much the same, uh, but but can still keep our identity and, and cultural identity and stuff. I think it's an important show. I do wish more people watched it. I mean, it isn't Shit's Creek level for sure, um, but it's definitely, I think, an important show. It's a quiet show and it's solid. You know, it's not super funny, but also I will say, lastly, I will say it is it is surprisingly very accurate in its portrayal of the Koreanness of both family relationships between siblings, between parents and their children. I mean, it's it's absolutely the right note. It's yeah, they don't they don't do stuff just to make it funny or silly. So it's it's a solid, solid show. I wish more people would watch it. Really. It's not just a show about Asian people. It's much more than that. Well, and also. Oh, Wait, yeah. just uh, one tiny thing. I'll be super fast. Um, and the guy, the hunky guy, he is going to be um, in the Marvel movie. He's Is it Shang-Chi? Is that what it's called? Yes, something like that, yeah. He's the lead. So if you're curious, so if you're just curious to see this actor before he is in his big Marvel movie, that's the guy. 
Alright. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. There you go. <laughs> yes. Alright, um, next up, we're going to talk about Letter for the King. And this is a show that's been sitting around Netflix for probably two weeks. And I finally decided to watch the pilot, like, last night or yesterday. And I think I've watched four episodes. How many have you guys watched? Two. And you're the only other one that watched it? I haven't. It? I didn't know what it was. Oh, come on. Give it a shot. All right. Well, me and Al- it's not Allison. Me and uh, Yusuf will talk about it. We'll talk about the first two. And so the premise of this show <clears throat> is that it's in some fantasy world. I think it's based on some books. And um, you, you meet this family. And what I like is the diversity of the cast. I like the fact that it's a fantasy world and we're not trying to pretend it's Europe. It's actually, it has, uh, they said if you want to be a, um, a knight, you, it doesn't matter who your family is. It's how you perform during the trials. So there are <clears throat> girls who are 14, 15 competing. There are guys, some of them are rich, some of them are poor. Though mostly the rich people, they have the advantage of the kids have all the time to train for the trials, so it's a little... Just like the SATs. I was about to say, it's a, it's a little skewed that way. But what I really like is the lead guy that you... There's like some prophecy they tell you at the beginning. This prophecy, there will be a warrior who will come and save the world, and you're pretty sure the lead guy is who the prophecy is talking about. But what I liked is at the beginning, he doesn't really know how to fight well. He's terrible at it. He's terrible at all the things he's supposed to be good at, and the trials are happening immediately. And they... Give it weight. They let you know how important these trials are and how much pressure that's putting on them. And then you have this war going on. There's like all these things. And I like that the, I think the lead kid is really good. I think, He's excellent. I think the other kids who are also in it are mediocre, but they put most of the weight on the lead kid. Like he carry, he pretty much carries it and he's, oh. he, it works for me. Go ahead. Also, they're they're going to... I mean, I don't know if the series is going to go that way. You've seen two episodes more than me. So, I mean, you could just literally swat this down. But as, as someone who's only seen two episodes, the kids don't... And you guys all know how I feel about kid actors. Um, the kids don't bother me as much because they weren't as featured, meaning they've only just now, yeah. at the end of the second episode, hooked up with him. You know what I mean? So, you know, the, so that to me isn't a big deal because I was like, yeah, they're annoying, but they, you know, they haven't been given that much to work with and they're not even an integral part of the story. They're kind of catching up with him, you know? So right now where I'm at, they are just about to be all kind of reunited and then going forward, uh, you know, I'll may adjust my opinion. Well, Here's uh, what I'll say. Spoiler alert, they don't get really reunited until episode five. Oh, okay well whatever my point is i only know two so i'm giving them some room you know what i mean i i haven't grown to hate them yet i don't um, hate them but, i just don't think they're as strong as he is yeah they're not i mean clearly they're not um and i think you know what the the main character guy does really well i think really without making himself too weak or unlikable he is so the reluctant hero right. and he is scared and he is ill-equipped you know in many many ways i think we'll probably find out how he his specialties or his strength will come to the fore but as far as him playing it's a much harder character than to just you know run around with chest puffed and i've got all these magical you know abilities and stuff i clearly they're going to come out but um so doing that you know as a child actor and not kind of being annoying and kind of being the nerd and whatever he's legitimately you know 
overwhelmed and scared and and not really your typical lead uh, character, whether you're a child or a man. So I think props to that. I will say this, Libya. I think you I think you probably enjoy the show more than me. Um, I had heard some stuff that it wasn't a great show, that it was GOT light and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, well, that's just silly. I'll, I'll let it stand on its own or die on its own. So here's what I will say about it. I really started to like it in the beginning, but then I didn't realize that the the kids were going to, you know, kind of get all in it. And then it started to resemble Goonies a little bit for me. It's like this, you know, it, the thing, the problem with, and I, I'd be really interested to see if any of you other guys watch it and, and kind of, you know, see it, see it the way I do. Um, it has a lot of potential, but I think it's a lot of lost potential. And I think already by the end of the second episode, I thought, okay, I was like, this is a little cheesy. And I realized Again, we talked. Someone brought this up earlier in the podcast. Who is this show for? Because at first, I thought it was very, you know, could be sort of for everybody, but, um, you know, but that adults would really kind of, you know, get into it. But it's kind of swung more to like a Goonies aspect for me, you, you know. And here's what I will say, Libya. I want to talk about this specifically. That scene where they're on the open field and the red rider, the head of the red rider, like comes at them, the gray rider, and they're literally just standing there watching like the most menacing dude with like a sword coming at them and nobody does anything the well, dude doesn't fair, even the like gray rider didn't see him no but no that's what i mean but the other guy should have been like turn around turn yeah around. i know i was waiting for them to yell i yes. was like say something was I, I did think weird that. it was so weird and who wouldn't have who wouldn't have just slapped the guys the other guy's horse and been like get out of here i'll deal with it and then they go they just sat there for a full eight seconds when some guy is barreling towards them with a sword and nobody says anything. Nobody like says, turn around or we'll get out of here. Or they're, standing, they're, they're literally standing with their mouths hanging open. Yeah. Yeah. And in that moment, I thought, yeah, this show is not going to be great. You know what I mean? I thought they, it was such lazy writing. They needed a scene where that dude died, but it wasn't even particularly heroic. It wasn't even like he slapped the horse and turned around and said, I got this, whatever, you go. They just, just got stabbed him. from the back. And yeah. Stabbed. So that literally in that moment, my like heart dropped a little bit. And I thought, no, you know, the fight scenes aren't great. The humor, there's so much room there for humor. It could have been, you know, the, the tone is wrong. It, you know, it could have been a, a witcher for children. You know what I mean? It's a fantasy world. It's got this big, you know, quest involved. And, and you know, there's swords and there's probably wizardry, magic. And then the kids could have been an interesting aspect Actually, for it. Actually, the kids uh, are fun. They do bring the humor. The other kids? No, no, no. I know. I know I'm saying it's not enough. That's why I'm saying it's very Goonies-like. It should it should be funnier is what I'm saying. When, you, when I realized that the kids were going to be a big focus and there was humor between them, I thought they're not good enough actors to pull off comic beats. You know what I mean? I was like, they tried. And I thought these kids aren't charismatic enough and they're not really funny enough for them to be the the comedic humor you know what i mean with the witcher sidekick he plays a lute the same thing the like funniest kid out of the the kids is oh. the singing lute guy do you know what i mean yeah that so is. that's an unfortunate 
unfortunate comparison. Though, to because... be fair, they're both based off of books. So, I, don't I, know. I know. Well, you know, someone plagiarized somebody because my point <laughs> is <laughs> the, the show has a lot of potential. I do not believe it's going to fulfill it. Um, it is it is moderately entertaining, um, but certainly really missed a lot of opportunities. And the children are the weak link and not because they're annoying, but I think they're asked too much. I think they're, they're too much is asked of them. So, you know, it's an interesting enough show to bide the time. I will I'll be curious to see how they end it. I don't know if I don't know if it'll get a second season. I mean, if I were an executive, I don't I'd already be leaning towards I don't know about this. You know, some shows you watch the you first or second give episode. It, give it a little more because once the magic and stuff it Yeah, give, it does. I like it. I'm just saying give it a little more time. You didn't even give it your usin number of episodes yet. No, no. No, I gave it a full two. I gave it a full two, and I You're, only give no, six. No, you give it six. 22 seasons. No, six if there's 22 episodes in a season. If there's only eight, I can't give it six. How many episodes? <laughs> I don't eight know. Episodes? Isn't I there like eight? I don't know. I don't know how many episodes or there are. Ten? Anyway, my point is it's worth checking into. You might you might not be, you know, as as um put off as I was about the I stuff. And if you it have was, I, I enjoyed it. Funny. I I mean, as as you gave it all the negative, I'm gonna the only yeah. thing I, I think that the tone actually works for me. I don't need a lot of humor. I actually think that the only time they really try to make it super funny is when the other kids are there, which like you said, doesn't necessarily work. So I actually think they shouldn't lean into the humor. No, I, I think, agree. It should I be think one that, or the other. No, I agree with and you I wholeheartedly. Think it, should, it should just be the the main kid is really good. And then the woman, the girl that he picked up as a thief, I, I think she works. Um, especially yeah. as the show goes on, they get to actually get to know each other better. Um, sure. So the two of them actually work. So I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying I, it. The big question is going to be when both groups actually end up together. That's what I'm a little worried about because the other two actors are so strong that I'm not mm. sure wh- how that's going to work with the other kids. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm giving it a thumbs it. up. I'm definitely giving it a I, thumbs up. I, I, you know what? I'm going to give it a mild thumbs up. It's not even a flat hand. You know what I mean? I just feel like there's a bunch of missed opportunities and I I want to reiterate, I'm not saying the show should be funnier, but if you're going to introduce it, then it needs to be funny or take it out. Just take it out. You know what I mean? I would have respected the show more and liked the show more if they didn't try and fall. So, but I I'm saying thumbs up, mild thumbs up. And it's, it's, you know, it's fun to watch and I'm interested to see where they go with it. So, you know, I'm enjoying All it. Right. Fine. I'll take that mediocre half. <laughs> response all right if you guys have any questions or comments leave them at campfire at gmail.com follow us on twitter or on facebook listen to them like at the point radio.com krypton radio we not and itunes and we'll talk to you guys next time bye-bye bye be safe okay, bye